0: Hey there folks, this is Rob Woods and welcome to episode 12 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. This is the show for anyone who works in fundraising and who wants ideas for how to raise more money, really enjoy their job and make a bigger difference. To introduce today's topic, if you've ever needed to meet someone important, perhaps they're a major donor or a trustee or someone powerful at a corporate partner, or maybe you just need to sometimes work with and influence important people within your charity, then you know that those differences in status and power can all too easily have a negative effect on how you feel and how well you speak and your results. If you recognize this is an area where you'd like to increase your skill, then you're gonna find this episode well worth listening to. I recorded today's interview at a fundraising conference a couple of years ago. I'm sharing it now because members of the Bright Spot Club have told me they absolutely love the down-to-earth nature of the tips you find in this interview and in the other training bundles that this expert teacher has made with us. So I'm thrilled to introduce you in a moment to Caroline Goida. Among other things, she's a voice coach and a gravitas expert, who has spent a career helping not only actors, but also chief executives, politicians and fundraisers to feel and project more confidence and gravitas when they need it most. She's the author of several excellent books. And if you like Caroline's ideas, I recommend you check out her brilliant new book, which is called Find Your Voice. And if you email Caroline your receipt, then as a thank you, she will send you both her new Confidence Boosters audio course, which is normally £10, and the full set of her Gravitas Method audios, which are normally £50. Caroline's website and contact email are at carolinegoider.com. And do check out our episode notes on our BrightSpot website to find those.
1: This episode of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast is brought to you by the Bright Spot Members Club. As a practical alternative to one-off conferences and courses whose impact can fade all too quickly, the Members Club is an online resource that gives you ongoing access to a whole library of video training courses, monthly coaching webinars and live training events. It's all designed to help you learn, enjoy your job and raise more money. To join the 300 fundraisers already in the club, or just to find out more, go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk.
0: Today, in this, the first of four sessions I recorded with Caroline for the Bright Spot Members Club, we explore tactics that any fundraiser can implement to increase their gravitas. We cover several different ideas, including how to make a particular physical shift that has an immediate impact on your gravitas, and a mental trick for reducing nerves that Caroline was taught by the actor Bill Nye. We join the interview at the point where I've asked Caroline about her background and how it helps her in the work she does now.
1: So I started out in acting. I went to drama school, trained as an actor, and then ended up teaching actors how to have confidence, presence, voice power, and those skills started to become really interested. Other people started to want to know about them, people in corporates, people in charities in particular, and I started to find myself at Central School of Speech and Drama teaching people who weren't actors, and it was more fun to teach people to speak their own words.
0: Right. Yeah, that that makes absolute sense. And then in From what you' found from coaching fundraisers so far, what are a couple of the the common things that could cause them to not actually feel as confident as they'd like?
1: It's fascinating. I love working with fundraisers because fundraising is incredibly important. And it's also incredibly tricky I often think about people working with corporates you know going in and working with very credible very authoritative people having to match that kind of power when maybe it's not your world or going into major donor meetings where people might seem quite daunting and there are all sorts of moments for fundraisers where you're having to show up in situations that may not be your comfort zone and that's different for a lot of other jobs and I think it's it's a kind of performance with a really important purpose.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, there are many things, in- including the the pressure put on you by yourself or you know, or or by your colleagues, because if this is a big deal, then probably several people in your charity know about it. But I agree. One of the biggest ones is this: being in another world where there's a power dynamic, and it's clear that the person you're asking for money or pitching to is pretty important. That's a big one, isn't
1: it? It's tricky and. Again, what you're saying about the pressure on your shoulders to get that ask, that moment right, is is scary. It, it, I, it I liken it to being on stage, actually. I think it's the same kind of pressure. Yeah. And getting it right can be so important for your charity, and getting it wrong will be really hard to feed back at the ranch. So, yeah, that moment of pressure is a kind of tough performance. Yeah. And what you need are a performer or a sports person's toolkit for coping with that kind of pressure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because if you're a sportsman, if you're Usain Bolt, you, you don't just hope you're going to be feeling good on the day, you, you, you've done certain things which can help you have a certainty. Uh, that if I do these things then actually I will be able to perform at my best.
1: Exactly. There is a set of strategies, a set of skills that any sports person will use that equally any actor or or opera singer will use, any musician, and they're skills that anybody can learn.
0: Well, that's very reassuring from the start, because I think it's contrary to what some of us may have been led to believe. So let's get into it. Uh, What are a couple of the starting ideas that you help people to do from within that toolkit?
1: The first part of the toolkit for me, and this is not always the first part of the toolkit for other people, is to really step into the audience's shoes. That's not a new idea, you know, it's something that we talk a lot about in terms of influence. For me as a performer, if I think it's all about me, the spotlight is on me, particularly as an introvert. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. It would be very off-putting. I would feel very self-conscious, very nervous. Yes. So if you flip the spotlight and if you remember that your audience are just as worried about getting it wrong as you are. Yes. Yes. If we take the example of a major donor, they may have a couple of charities talking to them. They may be trying to juggle who they give money to. They may be worried that they're going to make the wrong decision, that they're going to give the money to the wrong charity. They're not going to look after it in the right way. That's yes. a risk. Yeah. And if you can put yourself into the shoes of that person juggling that risk, yes. worrying about their decision, yeah. trying to reconcile a couple of different pressures on them, yeah. then you start to realise that actually your job is to help them rather than to get it right yourself and if you go in thinking how can I help it really flips that mindset yeah
0: absolutely that that makes absolute sense and so uh, in advance of the meeting to deliberately ask oneself that question and then even the half hour before if if it's not if you're not as relaxed as you'd like to be just keep going how can I help this person today?
1: Exactly. Now, I was taught this by the actor Bill Nye, who is uh, right. a very interesting, uh, very charismatic man. And he said to me, I learned this years ago. Actors, when they get to a certain level, cast their own movies. You know, They will be sitting with the casting director watching other actors come in who are going to be playing with them. And he said, I used to think as an actor going into those auditions, God, it's all about me, what if I mess it up? And he realised, he said, sitting at the other side of the table with the casting director, we were just as worried about getting it wrong. Yeah. And so that idea that you, yes, you really focus, you might be sitting there half an hour before the meeting, rather than going, am I going to mess up? Am I going to be nervous? Am I yes. going to be self-conscious? Think about this simple question, how can I help? Yeah. And what he said about that is, it takes us into compassion, yeah. which is a very generative, very powerful space. Yeah. We're at our best in compassion, yeah. certainly in charities. Probably not for the same bold. Yeah, uh,
0: and and it, it's hard to feel both compassion and fear at the same time. Yeah, if you're doing one of those, it will dominate exactly your physiology, and therefore, yeah, there'll probably still be some adrenaline, but to to be. If you're genuinely caring, it is because you're looking out and not in.
1: Exactly, and, and there's a the hormonal thing. It's oxytocin, which mm-hmm. is the care connection hormone, right. rather than adrenaline. And oxytocin dampens down adrenaline.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. so so literally, you you know, you will feel calmer.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Fabulous. So, um, yeah, you know, check your focuses on how can I help them. Um, what's another idea?
1: So another thing that I learnt as an actor and religiously use is to get physically present. So if I have to do any kind of speech or pitch or meeting or interview, I will spend a bit of time in the morning. Personally, for me, it's yoga. I do some very, very relaxing grounding yoga, which is just about breathing and getting into the body. And I get up a bit early to do that because once the mayhem of your morning kicks off, you know, the family wake up, there are things to do, then it's over. But if you can carve out half an hour just to get physically present, that sets your state up for the rest of the day and it gives you a kind of groundedness that relaxes others as well.
0: And the reality is doing some calm breathing immediately before the big deal may help a bit, but really you're saying... It's a bit late. Let's practice it as a normal... You don't have to be doing yoga all day every day, but (laughs) if, if, if within any typical week, like when you're waiting for someone or whatever, you've got a few moments where normally you might play with your smartphone or whatever, there's always 10 minutes now and again in a person's day practice being present exactly so that your body is good at it in advance of the big meeting is that exactly
1: it's setting us up for a calm present state under pressure and there is a fantastic app called headspace which is um you get five um i think you get 10 days 10 minutes um mini meditations Mm. and i often recommend to people you can do it on the tube
0: yeah and and does it is there a voice that guides you through yes cuz that's that's uh, key yeah you know, um whenever i try and just do this on my own then i you know i sometimes it works and sometimes the little voice just kind of distracts me again but whenever i've done it and there has been a voice asking me to do certain things with my breathing or my focus i it, it's helped a lot so That that app is called Headspace. Headspace,
1: and it absolutely guides you. And I think most people struggle with doing it. I mean, I agree. It's easier at first if someone guides you.
0: Yeah. Um, So that's a great tip. Um, uh, Apart from being present, what's another trick that you've used to help people?
1: I think understanding your strengths and weaknesses in terms of your style is really important. So we all have habitual ways of showing up. And one of the things you learn in acting is that that's not necessarily you, that there are lots of different us's. There's a Walt Whitman quote, you know, I contain multitudes. Mm. So for example, I was talking to a charity recently and one of them was having to go in and talk to big groups of volunteers. And she was an athlete. She was very competitive, she's a triathlete, you know, very good triathlete. Mm. And she said, when I go into the room, there's a kind of sense that I want to tell them stuff and I'm almost competing with them because that's, that's what I do. I get up every morning, I train for two hours, I go home, I train for two hours. Yeah. And so we talked about what it would be like if she looked at the audience as old friends and rather than trying to compete with them, mm-hmm. she softened. Mm-hmm. And she gave me some feedback recently. She said, I, I did a, a talk to a group of volunteers and someone said they saw my softer side. Yeah. And so we can all flip. We can all change our style. Yeah if you are going into the room with a a very senior person in finance, then you're going to want to go in with an authoritative, credible style. And that has a certain low voice tone that communicates power. Now, a quick way to get into that is to focus on task. So rather than focusing on building a friendship with them you focus on getting a task done which works well in finance they're, they're tasky people yes and a really simple trick is palms down as well palms down gesture often takes you into a more task style same
0: uh, if we had a tv camera then we could sh- show the listener or viewer but just say a tiny bit more what, what do you mean by palms down
1: so if you think of when you gesture have your palms facing to the floor You know, if I say the days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's a sense that my voice is more newsreader. Here is the news. Yes. And that style has a certain strength, which is one of the ways we survive in life. We can either survive by strength or warmth. Yes. And strength communicates often with major donors in corporates, in finance, with anybody who's got a kind of leadership role in a big organization because they've got a lot on their plate so task is key yeah other audiences are different a group of volunteers might want more connection more approachability more warmth so we've got this binary of strength yes which is the newsreader style and warmth which is how we show up with our kids with our friends how some people show up all the time at work Mm. and if you want more warmth you just turn Mm. the palms up yeah. And you imagine talking to old friends, and it softens It softens the energy, it softens our eyes, it shifts the hormones in the system, and that changes
0: the voice. So what I found interesting is even while Caroline is talking to me, I started putting my palms down, and I started to feel different. Yeah. And I realised that I, the Rob that shows up most of the time is a palms-up Rob, and so it felt weird to put my palms down, but I was accessing that other part within me that can do the other the the more the more task and strength
1: exactly and, and these are really you know straightforward kind of binary archetypes now when actors are playing character there's a whole raft of options to play with but i think these are two good things to think about you know when when you walk into a meeting do you need to play strength palms down focus on task do you need to play warmth you know palms up focus on connection on warmth and then it's finding the balance
0: yeah. and um, I was fascinated by the fact that I I didn't particularly think strength. I did the body gesture that Caroline recommended, and instinctively something in my physiology felt more of that, led not by focus or idea, but by physiology. Have you got any other tips in, in terms of things we can do with our body? It may not initially feel comfortable, but if we practice doing certain things with our body, it will... Yeah, you know, kind of then cause us to feel more of confidence or gravitas that might help us.
1: Definitely. I mean, there's all sorts of research by a scientist called Amy Cuddy, and she talks about something called the Power Post. She has a great TED Talk, so she's worth looking up. It's Amy CUWdy. And her research is all about the power of posture on, on our emotional hormonal balance. And what she realised was that in the animal kingdom when animals are frightened, they tend to either puff themselves up and make themselves big if they want to fight, or if they want to run away or hide, they make themselves small. Mm -hmm. So she thought, well, we're basically, you know, same, we, we come out of the same kind of evolutionary process. So perhaps that also affects us. And so she looked at what happens when humans make themselves very big, when we as human beings make ourselves tall. And what she realized is that that ramps up testosterone And it damps down anxiety. So that simply by standing up straighter, she doing what she calls the power pose, Mm. you shift your hormonal state and that gives you a sense of more confidence. Yeah.
0: And um, I highly recommend this TED Talk. There is a reason why it's the second most viewed TED Talk in history more than 20 million times. It's, you know, my grandmother always advised me to sit up straighter. (laughs) But she said that to be polite and that didn't, no wonder I kept slouching. But watching, spending 20 minutes watching Amy Cuddy with the science behind it of how within just two minutes you feel different if you have the discipline to go to the bathroom before your big meeting and do this. You walk out, literally standing taller and then you're not doing it on purpose but the hormones are already helping you feel more alpha if some level of more alpha is what will serve you on the day of that important meeting.
1: Absolutely. And what actors would say is that it's a kind of still grounded power that is, it says, I am worthy of your attention. And it's important to keep that power relaxed because as soon as tension hits the system then we start to kind of play I'm bigger than you mm. and that can have a negative effect Yeah. so it's something about if you do your grounding work at home yes. and then you do your power pose and it comes from a really relaxed place yes that's when it's most powerful yes. it's a kind of strong ease yeah
0: yes that's right because clearly we are all right to fear the idea of coming across as aggressive or arrogant, so we shouldn't be misled by the idea of testosterone, but we need testosterone, some of it, to per- perform uh, and, and find that strength, but equally, if that's all you do, then you might come across as a, a, only or cold or exactly. competitive. So that's where the Bill naive focus of how can I help you, doing both those things?
1: Balance, yeah, balance is everything. So we want to have a, a calm, strong sense of ourselves and a trust in what we offer, and then we want to be able to open out to
0: others. Yeah. And um, if there was one more idea or a little exercise that you do with people that you coach, either consistent with these uh, or something else, what would a what would last piece of advice be to someone who wants to feel more confident?
1: Well, I mean, as the voice coach, <laughs> the voice is a very unrecognised, underestimated part of who we are, in, in, certainly in UK culture. There are other cultures where it's more recognised. And simply in the morning, putting the radio on or putting a favorite CD on and singing, you know, really enjoy singing. It doesn't matter if you make some bum notes. I'm a terribly tuneless singer, but it really doesn't matter because it opens up your voice. There's a resonance in your system. Literally, you are resonating your system. And then when you walk into a meeting with someone that you need to impress, where you need to feel confident, your voice its like a warmed up engine. It just starts and it makes you feel more present, it makes you feel more resonant in that space, and that has a huge effect.
0: Yeah. Okay, so practicing with the voice and at its simplest, singing to the radio, Sing. we can all do that, doesn't mean that if you hit the wrong notes, you are just bound to be finding more range and variety and strength in, 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 in your voice.
1: You're just warming it up because the voice is just air, hitting the vocal folds, vibrating in the body. And simply by getting that air onto the vocal folds, making sound, you're, you're warming it up. It means that when you get into a room, your voice will be there for you. It won't be squeaky. It won't be thin. It'll have a lovely round resonance that will make others feel good. Mm, excellent advice.
0: And there's one more thing I wanted your advice on. Um, I follow you on Twitter and you and sent a tweet recently about just how vital it is to pause and how most of us rarely understand that power. What's your tip about why we should pause and how to do it, how it helps?
1: So pauses are good for a couple of reasons. When we pause, what we're doing is closing our mouth really simply and inhaling, we're breathing, because we speak on the out-breath. Right. So when we stop and think, we breathe in. And what that does is it refuels the voice, it refuels the brain. It's a little pit stop in our speech. Mm -hmm. For the audience, it has a different effect. The audience, it gives them time to think about what you've just said. So you're refueling, your voice is being re-energized, your brain is being oxygenated. They're having time to consider what you've just said. It also says that you have an ease and control. You don't, you're not worried. You don't have to feel silence. And that, in any kind of pitch or ask situation, is really powerful.
0: So there we are. Caroline was sharing various techniques she teaches her clients to reduce your nerves and increase your personal presence. I recorded this a couple of years ago, and ever since this interview, I've taken advantage of some of the techniques we talked about, including things that help you find and convey strength as well as warmth and I can tell you they really do work. But obviously, you need to find a way to put them into practice, which takes a step on from just being aware of them intellectually. I've written a summary of the key ideas in the episode notes on our Brightspot fundraising website, and that includes Caroline's website details and details of the special offer on her excellent new book, Find Your Voice. If you found the ideas helpful, do remember to hit subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the other sessions And I'd be incredibly grateful if you could spare a moment to share it on with anyone else who you think might find it helpful. And if you'd like to hear the other three interviews I did with Caroline, including one on winning hearts and minds and another on how to have grace under pressure, then these are all available along with a huge library of other practical training bundles and inspiring live events for fundraisers in our Bright Spot Members Club. To find out more, go to join there are now over 300 fundraisers in the club. So do check this out if you'd like more in-depth training sessions from myself, Caroline, and dozens of other experienced fundraising trainers. Finally, thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate and respect the effort it takes to keep on honing your skills. And I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode.